Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story, and we are here for Matt's second favorite podcast tradition of all of our podcasts. It's the Bachelorette Finale Recap. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah, second, <laughs> second favorite football preview podcast. But, you know, there's, there's the quarterback preview, there's the tournament picks. So I kind of want to get crazy here, but this is uh, of our five-part extravaganza that I believe is in its second or third year of existence. This is probably my second favorite. So it is the 2019 NCAA football preview. We are going to walk through our conference champions, our playoff scenarios, and our Heisman picks. Um, Last year, we were both uh, in on Clemson and Alabama, which proved to be... Yeah, not a real leap. Can't give us too much credit, but we were, yes. But it was an accurate pick, and that's what's important. It was, and, and you know, I, of course, I, I one of my smart picks last year was saying that I thought Trevor Lawrence would take over as a starter sometime during the season, and it would give Clemson the best chance to win a title. That was good. I, I'm going to just forget that I said anything else and just go with that one. Uh, I, everything else is just white noise to me. Uh, so we're going to mix it up this year. We're going to do our Heisman picks first, and then we're going to walk through each of the conferences. Um, I'll give mine first because I have a much uh, simpler explanation and I I assume Matt you've got a lot more insight and information so I've got four invites three quarterbacks Tua Trevor Lawrence and Shea Patterson okay you're on my uh, my I'm on your corner last year I'm on your corner okay yeah yeah and my winner Georgia running back DeAndre Swift. Oh, I like that. Okay, okay. A little outside the box, but uh, I I like that a lot. He had 1,000 yards and 10 TDs last year. um, And was banged up for part of that. So, yeah, he he could have a big-time season. And I think that if they they do what I think they'll do as Mm -hmm. a team, then he will have done enough individually uh, to get there. Um, okay. Okay. And then my I dark like horse, uh, my dark horse is my homer, and I'm taking Eno Benjamin as my dark horse. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I I, I like that. Well, I uh, I see. I I will go. Um, I have my winner. I've had my winner uh, circled in mind for about four to six months. Um, I try to I try to you know determine someone early, and then just see if I'm going to ride that storm. And, and that's what I did this year. Um, I'll go with uh, I'll go with four finalists as well. Um, I'm not going to go with Shea Patterson, even though I am bullish on Michigan, and we'll get to them as we get to the Big Ten. Um, but I, I just not not going to go that far yet. Um, I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence. I think he will be a finalist. Um, I'm going to go to a, even though I have a little bit of like sort of quasi fear about him in Alabama this year. We'll talk about that as we get to the SEC, but I still think he'll put up big numbers. Um, my other one, and I think this was your pick last year, so we're kind of flipping. I'd go uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Taylor, right, from Wisconsin? Yeah. I'm getting the name right. Okay. Um, and and so I'm going to him as a finalist. But my winner from the same division, Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez. Ooh. So you think you're two of the Scott Frost era. Yes. Yes, I think so. He's he's coached everywhere he's been. He's had extremely productive quarterbacks, Mariota and 
Vernon Adams, you know, when he was an assistant at Oregon, and then Mackenzie Milton at, at UCF, and Martinez last year after he got healthy, you know, he got hurt in the first game, and I think missed one game, came back, and just wasn't quite there yet. But second half of the year, he looked really good. I think that offense is going to be really good. I think Nebraska is going to be really good, and I think Martinez is going to be a big part of that. So I'm, I'm going with him. The, the one guy who I considered and did not include was Jalen Hurts because I think, it, yeah. I think that it is a story that the media will like if Oklahoma is good and he is productive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, now the interesting thing, and, and it worked against Murray for a lot of the year last year and then it kind of just flipped in the last week basically – is if Hertz is really productive, does it become a feeling of, well, is it just Oklahoma that makes these guys productive? But you know, I mean, is, is it kind of thought of like, well, big deal, or is it, or is it, you know, oh my gosh, how great is this? A third quarterback, and he's a, you know, feel good story. You never know how perception, you know, can can become something during the football season. I mean. You know, if you had told anybody from week two through week 13 last year that anybody but Tua was going to win the Heisman, they'd have laughed. And then he struggled in the SEC title game. Murray had a good, albeit not great, game in the Big 12 title game. And the tie turned in in that quick a fashion. Um, And so you just never know, you know, how the the perception and the narrative gets gets, uh, determined with the Heisman is – an inexact science. So before we leave this topic, did you have a dark horse? Because I kind of jumped all over your ending. No, that's okay. Um, I, I, you know, I hadn't really thought of a dark horse necessarily um, because I, I mean, in a way, although not really, I mean, Martinez gets buzz, but uh, you know, I've tried to grab onto the notion the last, you know, five to six to seven years that the Heisman, again, kind of going in that narrative, it becomes about, you know, the flavor of the month and the flavor of the year and sometimes the flavor of the last two weeks. And I think last year was a perfect example of that. And so, it, you know, that's why I'm not, you know, I, the whole notion of like, oh, Trevor Lawrence or Tua, is really going to be one of them. I don't think it will be because unless they are incredible, it's going to be, well, you know, weren't they supposed to be great? We're going to be looking for that next thing. And so that's why, you know, Martinez to me is that guy who, like, if Nebraska is really good, and I think they will be, and he's really good, it's going to be, wow, look at this story. Um, so I don't, I don't really, I, I mean, the dark horse is tricky. I love yours, and I hope that comes to fruition. Although, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, I'm a little, got some trepidation about the running game and, you know, how it's going to be with everybody focusing on it. Um, I'm trying to think of someone. Let me let me let me we'll ponder that as we go through the conferences, I and mean, I may have I, one as we talk. So I did a, a similar thing to you in that when I picked Swift, I thought, well, here's a guy who's not yes, he's not off the radar, and he plays in a big conference. It's not like you know I took uh, the quarterback from Houston, whose name I'm now right. blanking on, but De'Ara King, yeah. You know, yes. I, yes. I'm picking somebody who you're going to see play on CBS in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Two or three yeah. times. For, exactly. You know. And, and you know, yeah, I mean, you're not, not totally off the radar, but not squarely on it either. Yeah. And it's just, it's hard to win the Heisman 
lately when you're squarely on the radar going into the year. I mean, the only last, what, 10 winners, Mariota was a preseason favorite and did go on to win. And to a slight extent, Baker Mayfield, he had been a finalist the year before. So, you know, I guess you'd have to put him on that. But a lot of them have been, you know, out of nowhere. I mean, guys who, in a lot of cases, hadn't even played a game before they won. Uh, you know, Jameis, Johnny Manziel, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray had played some, but he hadn't, you know, he hadn't started and played a full game at quarterback for Oklahoma. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's it's a lot of times it's about, like, who's the newer story? Lamar Jackson had started one year, but hadn't really been a household name until that year he won. Yeah. Well, let's go through the conferences, and that will, I assume, also uh, – cause your background brain thinking to be on potential dark horses as you walk through it. I've got one in mind and let me, I'll say it. I'll say it. It's crazy. Bryce Perkins from Virginia. Ooh, I look, I think let's, well, let's start with the ACC. It's alphabetically first and it makes sense. I, I think Virginia is good. I think it's kind of a three way race in the coastal, right? Between Virginia, Virginia tech and Miami. You think so? You think so? I mean, you know, I, I, I favor Virginia there. I, you know, they they were close to winning it last year. Lost a couple games at the end. I mean, that division was was so weird last year, and, and might be the same thing this year. Where you know there there might be no real great team, but you know five or six teams and still have a chance with two weeks left. Um, but yeah, I think you you favor those two or those three. Miami's got a lot of buzz. With, with Manny Diaz taking over and, you know, getting a lot of kids in the transfer portal. Um, but the, the interesting thing for me is who's the quarterback there. Everybody figured it was going to be Tate Martell, but apparently his spring was poor to the point where now it seems like we're back to Nikosi Perry being the likely guy. And he was, you know, up and down a lot last year. Now, I had a thought as I was doing my preview for the ACC. Because I agree with you that there's upside, but outside of Clemson, I think that the conference could be not great and beat up on yeah. itself. Yeah. Is it go? Would you go with me on this journey? If you could trade Clemson and Oregon, the conferences would be viewed based on that the same. Mm-hmm. Like, if Clemson was playing in the Pac-12 and Oregon was playing in the ACC, would people mm-hmm. talk about the ACC the way they talk about the Pac-12 and vice versa? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Clemson is the, the you know, what what is the term, you know, the, it, you know, the ship that brings everything. I'm, I'm, the straw that stirs the, the drink? Yes, exactly that. I mean, basically, you know, all the, uh, the conferences raised by having a power. I mean, the Pac-12... They are the tide. That's what you're going for. They are the tide that is lifting the boats. The lifting the boats. There we go. Thank you. I I, I knew what I was getting, but I couldn't put together the words. I'm getting old, I guess. Um, But, uh, yes, I mean, I I think you go back to, and and I was going to say the Pac-12 hasn't had it, but they did have it back when they were the Pac-10, USC. When we were in college, you know, USC was dominant. And the the Pac-10 behind them, wasn't great. I mean, Cal had one great year with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, Oregon was okay at that time, but hadn't really developed yet. Stanford was terrible. Like, but no one questioned it because USC was that good. 
and and they had Leiter and Bush and Lindale White and Dwayne Jarrett and Mike Williams and you know they they were winning championships and winning every game and doing it in style and Clemson is is that for the ACC right now the ACC around Clemson has faltered in the last two years in Florida State led led by Florida State which hurts me as a Florida State fan but you know they were the standard bearer in the conference prior to Clemson's run of the last four years or five years they really have fallen down hard Miami has never really gained a lot of traction in the ACC uh you know they have little fits of one good year so yeah I I think you're exactly right that you know without Clemson the view on the ACC would be eh, average conference but because Clemson has not only dominated the conference but also shown the bona fides to beat Alabama beat Ohio State um you know it's like well that they're they're masking the ills of the rest of the conference I'm glad you I'm glad you agreed because as I was looking at this I'm like you know if you lined them up one to twelve I I think Clemson obviously beats Oregon sure but sure. after that it you know I okay on a neutral field at either every which way it could be fine by the end of this season um but I do have uh, yeah. I do have Clemson winning the ACC I, I don't Me too. I don't Me too. know that it matters who they play in the title game. Um, I'll go. I'll go with Virginia because I like Bryce Perkins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a big part of why I'm going with them. And, and then, you know, Bronco Mendenhall's done a good job of turning that thing around, and they have good defense. And Perkins is a good quarterback. And uh, you know, I mean, it, it's always dangerous to forget about Virginia Tech. You know, going back to the Beamer days, they seem to have their best years when it was like, ah, yeah, Virginia Tech. And then you look up at the end of the year and they win ten games. Um, you know, so you know we shouldn't ignore them. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'm going to go with Virginia. I'm just not that sold yet on Miami. An interesting, you know, they play in what is known as Week Zero. They play Florida down in Orlando three, you know, three weeks from this Saturday, first game of the season. It'll be very interesting for both to see. You know, there's a lot of expectations on Florida. Miami had such a clunker last year in their big opener against LSU. So we'll see how they look, you know, in this game on a neutral stage now. Yeah. Uh, let's pivot over to the Big 12. Okay. Um, it seems to be the consensus that Oklahoma and Texas will battle it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no reason to doubt that. I think that Oklahoma with Hertz is going to be good. And even if Hertz goes down, you've got uh, Spencer Rattler right there. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they, you know, so deep. I mean, they, you know, they've, they, you know, and, and real quick. I mean, we, we we spent almost no time talking about Clemson, and that shows you just, you know, except for the fact that they are, you know, carrying the ACC. But it's kind of the same thing at Oklahoma to an extent. They just, uh, you know, it's like they lose guys, but they just have more guys coming back. Um, they replace them with with new guys who are just as good, maybe better in some ways. Clemson's done the same in the ACC, and I, I, I mean, I think they're going to be fearsome again. Um, but you know, I don't like Oklahoma, so I'm not going to pick Oklahoma to win the Big Twelve. Um, here, oh, okay, dark horse. I don't know that I'm going to pick them. I'm not going to pick them, in fact. But you want a dark horse in the Big Twelve? Iowa State is my dark horse. I was going to say. So I have, uh, I, I have done a little bit of reading up on this. So obviously, Brock Purdy from Arizona. Uh huh. Um, he was name checked by Athlon Sports in their Big Twelve preview, um, yeah. and they projected the Cyclones to finish bowl eligible. 
and to be a a tough luck third place finisher. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I personally am landing on the winner of the Red River rivalry. That's not a shootout anymore. Uh, and that's Oklahoma for me. And I think that they're going to win that game and that'll be enough to win the, the conference. But I that, agree with you. It's a championship game though now, remember. So do we, do you have a rematch? Yeah. Those same two teams? Yeah. Sorry. You do? Yes. I, I okay. think it's just going to be Oklahoma, Texas. Okay. Redux. Okay. And then go ahead. You were talking Iowa State, but but I think Iowa State is has a legitimate shot, especially if they can beat whoever wins that game and yeah. force a sort of three way circle at the top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're they're a good team. I mean, Matt Campbell's a really good coach, and I'm surprised he's still there. I think he's had opportunities, but he, he seems to you know maybe be waiting for that really big opportunity. Um, you know, he hasn't he hasn't jumped at a another mid-level job um but he, you know they they have a really good defense with him and i like purdy i mean you know he had a really nice freshman year and you think he would get better as a sophomore being the guy now you know having the whole offseason spring practice fall practice he's the man um so yeah i think they're they're you know a dangerous team i think some of the other teams in the big 12 that are you know normally a threat not quite as good this year like you know west virginia rebuilding a little bit New coach, new quarterback. Um, Oklahoma State breaking in another new quarterback, and they never seem to be able to play any defense at all. So uh, to me, it seems like it's it's Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, and then a pretty significant drop off to your, you know, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas Tech with the new coach as well. Um, you know, the, just not not a tremendous amount of depth at the top in the Big Twelve. Well, and as we know, that Texas Tech job's a springboard to the NFL for some reason. Yeah, apparently, even if you go under 500. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I it's also surprised. a springboard for the offensive coordinator job at USC. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech is better because that guy comes from Utah State, Matt Wells, and he's a good coach, I think. And they play defense. Um, <laughs> they do. And, and that kid, the quarterback who, you know, had the collapsed lung last year, you know, he was playing really well before he got hurt, and he came back, and then he had it happen again against Oklahoma. I mean, if he can stay healthy, he's pretty good. I think Bowman. Um, so you know, there's there, you know, TCU's always always pretty good, but I think you know, at the top of the conference, you're looking at those three. I'm going to go Texas. Um, they've got some questions. They were you know lost a lot on defense, but I like I like Ellinger coming back. They finally seem to have for the first time since Colt McCoy stability from year to year at quarterback and you know they got colin johnson back they got ingram back at running back so i'm i'm going texas in the big 12 okay uh let's move to the big 10 with your dark horse um heisman winner yes uh i guess not dark horse that's that's no dark horse about it. He's, he, yeah. he, he's your pick but he is that's your right. off the radar but kind of on the radar yeah, pick. not too far off the radar, but but not Tua or Trevor Lawrence on the radar. Here's what 24-7 Sports said. The contenders largely remain the same. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin. I think both you and I are about to disagree with that. Um, yes, because to an extent. I mean, in the Big Ten East, no. I'm, yeah. I'm going with one of those four. But in the Big Ten West, I am not picking Wisconsin. I'm not either. Um so I guess let's start in the East because that seems to be the the more interesting as far as national title picture 
nationwide side yeah. of the conference. Uh, yeah. No more Urban Meyer. Nope. But uh, you've got my Heisman Trophy invite, Shea Patterson at Michigan. Uh, Harbaugh is still there. Um, you know, Justin Fields is going to be at Ohio State under uh, Ryan Day, and we'll see what that looks like. Um, ultimately, I'm going with Michigan to take the East. Yeah, I am going with Michigan as well. Uh, I was I was in on them last year, and I'm going to stay in on them. Um, you know, they bring in the, uh, Josh Gaddis to be the offensive coordinator. He's bringing some of those elements of what Alabama did last year. And apparently, Harbaugh has given him the keys to run the offense, which I think is good. I like Harbaugh, but I think his offense has become a little stale. It's very conservative. And you get in a game like they got in with, with you know, Ohio State last year where you've got to score points. And you just can't depend on that style of offense to keep up. Uh, so they're gonna, you know, they're gonna spread it out more. They're gonna, you know, do do more. And I'm I'm going with them. And I'm also a little bit like I, I by no means do I think Ohio State's gonna, you know, go six and six. But I'm not sure Ohio State's gonna be as good as people think. And it, in part because I'm not sure Justin Fields is as good as people think. Like uh, you know, is is Justin Fields really up to the billing? He didn't look that way in limited duty with Georgia. Now it was limited, and maybe it was the role that they put him in, but it's like, you know, maybe he's not all he's cracked up to be. And if he's not, they're in some trouble, I think. Yeah. Do you, well, let me ask you this. Do you think that there's a coaching drop off that's significant? Um, or do you think that it's kind of like Mark Helfrich's first year at Oregon, where it doesn't really matter whether you're a good coach or not? It, yeah. I mean, I think there's plenty of talent there and I think the guy's doing a heck of a job recruiting. So I, I don't think it'll be like Helfrich. I mean, I, I think it'll probably be closer to what Lincoln Riley did, but I don't think that good just because I'm just, I'm not sold and, and I'm not against him at all, but I just, I watched him a little bit. Well, more than, I mean, you know, as much as I could, I watched a lot of Georgia last year. I'm just not sold that Fields is as good as they think. And so, uh, you know, I think Ryan Day will be probably pretty good. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some drop off. Although, I don't know, because, you know, was was Meyer really doing as great a job as he did, you know, a few years ago? I don't think so. Um, the program had, you know, slipped and it had started having these head-scratching no-shows uh, at least once a year. I mean, Purdue last year, Iowa the year before, where they went on the road and just got waxed. And, and it just, you know, it led you to believe something's not right. So maybe the coaching change was what they needed to iron that up and, and, you know, get that better. So I don't think so much that I just, I'm just not convinced that they're going to be, you know, Haskins was great last year. And I think expecting fields to come in and just, Oh, because he's, you know, five-star all America, he's going to be just as good. I'm not sold on that. That's the same point you made about Martell in Miami. Yes. Um, Yes. I mean, it's also hard going, to a new place. I mean, you know, like, yeah, we've seen examples of, yeah, Russell Wilson and, you know, but it, year one at a new place is hard. And, and you know, we just expect these guys to step in and be great. And more often than not, there is a learning curve. New system, new teammates, new surroundings. Uh, it, you know, it's it's not that easy to just step right in and be the, the savior in year one. I mean, you know, Kyler Murray was a transfer. Kyler Murray spent two years at Oklahoma before he started. So, I mean, there's there's differences there that, you know, Fields and, and Martell are great examples of guys who are brand new to their teams. That's not the simplest thing. 
Uh, let's flip over to the Big Ten West. Um, you know, Wisconsin's either going to be playing Cone at quarterback or they're going to go with the freshman Graham Mertz. Yeah. I would expect, yeah. a la what uh, Herm said, that if it's even, the young guy's the one who's going to win the job. And I don't even think it's going to be even uh, in Wisconsin. I think it's going to be Mertz. Yeah. But yeah. this is, I think, for me, the pick that is the furthest off the radar for a divisional champ, the way Auburn shows up every year when you don't expect it, Mm -hmm. Iowa shows up every Mm -hmm. year when you don't expect it. And, you know, AJ Epinesa is back. He had 10 and a half sacks last year. I think their defense is going to be good. And that's exactly when their defense is good. That's exactly the recipe for Iowa football. To yeah, win games yeah. ugly, you know, 21-13 is a perfectly fine game for them. Yep, yep. And they got the quarterback back, Nate Stanley, third year as a starter. So, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, to me the Big Ten West is, um, I don't know that it's going to matter in terms of the college football playoffs, but it's a fascinating division because I think you could make an argument for maybe five different teams to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Northwestern won it last year, and they – you know, they have Hunter Johnson now at quarterback, who's, you know, big-time recruit. We'll see how he does, step it in for Thorson. Um, but they always play good defense, too. Iowa, certainly, I think, you know, you can make an argument for. Purdue, I thought you were going to pick Purdue when you set off the radar. Because I think, you know, you could make an argument for Purdue. Rondale Moore is a, is electric, and Jeff Brom stayed. And, you know, I mean, I think you can argue them. Certainly Wisconsin, because they've, they've you know, been the class of that division. They're always there. Is, my yeah. pick is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And you're going there. You will see them in person. I am. So maybe I'm buying into the hype a little bit. Um, you know, Scott Frost won me over when he was at UCF. I don't know what it was. He's one of those guys that, like, when he played, I didn't like him because I hated Nebraska. And when he got the job at UCF, it was like, okay, great. I don't care. Didn't, didn't phase me at all. But I loved the the swagger and the way he coached UCF, and I I just I'm I'm in on this storyline of Scott Frost going back and resurrecting the glory days at Nebraska. Now it's never going to be like it was in the '80s and '90s, but I think he can get them back into conference title contention and and you know occasionally in the mix for a national championship. Not this year, but eventually. Well, I and I think that you are not off base here. And and he has done, as you said, a job everywhere he's gone. The, he has. He's, the offense has been good from when he was yeah. at Oregon. The oh, teams yeah. have been good from UCF. He motivates these guys. He gets them to play hard. Maybe yeah. he gets them to even play a little bit above their heads, as we saw from the UCF bowl game. Right, right, um, right. I mean, he, he brings a quick turnaround at UCF. You know, he went from over to undefeated in two years there. Um, when he left Oregon, that's when things started to fall apart at Oregon. So I just I just think he's a pretty good coach, and I think he gets Nebraska. And and a lot of people haven't gotten Nebraska. It's different. It is, it is unlike probably any program in the nation because it is the whole show in that state. There's not a competing pro team. There's not a competing college team. You know, there's not a there's not level. a competing college basketball team. There's not Clayton, no, I guess. Right? Yeah, Nebraska football is the whole show in that state. Everybody loves Nebraska football. Everybody lives and breathes Nebraska football. 
And it is not easy for an outsider to get that, I don't think. Um, I, I really, I cannot think of a program with the history, the success, that is like that. I mean, certainly there are programs who've had that type of success or better, Alabama, uh, USC, Ohio State, but none of them are like that. Alabama competes with Auburn. Ohio State competes with, you know, pro teams in Cleveland and Cincinnati. USC obviously is in L.A. and the heart of everything. Um, you know, Nebraska is the show, and, and you just you have to get it. And I don't think guys like Bill Callahan or Mike Riley got it. And I think Scott Frost gets it. And, and so hopefully he's the guy to, to get it turned around there. So you've got Michigan playing Nebraska. I've got Michigan playing Iowa. I'm taking Michigan. Me too. Okay. Me too. I think this is the, I think this is the, the year. I said it last year, admittedly. This is the year that Jim Harbaugh gets over the hump, beats Ohio State, and wins the Big Ten. Yeah. So let's move. Well, before we move to the SEC, do you want to give me your quick thoughts on Notre Dame and any other non-Power 5 school? Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, um, Notre Dame, I think, will be good, but I don't think they're going 12-0. And I think we saw last year that they have to go undefeated in order to get in. Um, I think they're probably looking at more like nine or 10 wins, uh, you know, probably somewhere, you know, maybe good enough to get into a new year six game, depending on how the rest of the conferences shake out. Um, but you know, the, the schedule just is a little bit tougher, uh, you know, and, and they lose a lot on defense from, from a group that was pretty, pretty good last year. Um, so I think pretty good, but, but not playoff good. Um, you know, outside of, I don't see a, I don't see a UCF type of team this year that, like, you know, gets into the top 10. Uh, if I had to pick a team from outside, you know, the, the team to get the major bowl bids, I think I'd go Cincinnati. I think that'd probably be my pick this year. Okay. Who's uh, yours? Do you have one? I don't think it's going to be anyone. Um, well, somebody has to get one. Oh, you no, know, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I meant for the playoff itself. I, oh, I, got, no, I don't think the playoff. Nowhere close. I'm yeah. thinking, the, you know, the New Year's Six bid, basically. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think Cincinnati's a good pick. I, I still am kind of on board with Houston. Um, yeah, that's a solid one, too. I agree. You know, I just think that they are they are in a conference where over. they could make a run. Yes, um, yes. And that's really and I, all it's going to take is someone to do that, you know, to, yeah. to go 11-1 yeah. and one and – it's okay if you drop one as long as it's not the last one. Right. I mean, it feels like the American is considered the, the top conference outside the five. That's not a power six, even though they're trying their best to sell that. Um, but, you know, the American is, is considered the toughest and the best conference of those. Boise State, obviously, you know, has always has a compelling case if they go 11-1 and one or something like that. But the Mountain West has other good teams, too. Fresno, Utah State. Utah State, I was um, going to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, like I don't think any of these teams can go undefeated and and even get a sniff of the top four. Um, I mean, Cincinnati, for example, has Ohio State on their schedule. I don't think they're beating Ohio State. Uh, you know, so so I don't see anybody going twelve and zero or thirteen and zero with a conference title game. But you know, could be some interesting races in those two conferences as far as you know, Boise, Fresno, Utah State, and then you know, Houston, UCF should still be probably pretty good. I mean. They, they uh, I, I assume Milton is not playing this year, but I think they have uh, 
Brandon Wimbush, the old Notre Dame quarterback, competing for the starting job. So I'm sure they'll still be pretty good. Cincinnati, Temple's good. Uh, you know, there, there's some good good teams in those conferences, but I don't see anybody making noise as far as you know top ten in the rankings or anything like that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move to a conference that is most assuredly going to have someone in the top 10 of the rankings probably maybe six or seven depending <laughs> on how the committee ranks them because that's what it was last year but um so it has been basically in pen for me for the entire time we've recorded this and for <laughs> years before and it is again i'm picking alabama and georgia i think for alabama yeah. tua the defense Saban. Being Alabama is enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, Judy and the offense. I mean, they, they turned oh, the corner. They turned the corner on what the offense can be, I think, a year ago or yeah. two years ago yeah. and showed us, like, yeah, we're not just, you know, big offensive linemen and pounding the ball with two good running backs. We'll throw it all right. over the yard. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a ton of talent. I mean, you, you cannot find a better top four receivers except – Maybe Clemson, but probably not top four. Then you know Judy Ruggs, Devonte Smith, and Jalen Wallace. I mean, that, you know that is as good as it gets. Um, they do lose uh, the tight end, I'm blanking on his name, Irv Smith. Uh, so you know they'll they'll miss him a little. But you know you'd think they'd be good. The, the thing that worries me about Alabama this year is that the upheaval in the coaching staff, and I just wonder. When, when you're counting on new coaches and one of those new coaches is Steve Sarkeesian, that makes me a little nervous. I've got, I like, and, and, it, and I say nervous because you know I like Tua, so I want them to be good. I've changed my tune, you know, with him there. I'm a little, I have some trepidation about them. Yeah. Well, and Sark did not have a great track record at USC no. before he got bounced. Right, um, right. And then his tenure with the Falcons. Now, granted, totally different level of football. Different. I mean, I get it, but, but not impressive. That was not good. No, no, not good. Um, and I just I, like when they when Loxley left to go to Maryland, and you know you heard they were going to talk, and I'm thinking, oh, Saban's going to make a big hire. He's going to hire. You know, he knows he's got a great offense. And when it was Steve Sarkeesian, I'm like, really? That's it? That's the best you could do. I, I was sort of floored by that. I, I kept expecting something else, and nothing else happened. Um, so it just it has me a little worried. Now I would still, I mean, I, I thought about it, and I tried to, you know, think, okay, who beats them in the West? If I have trepidation about them, who beats them? And I couldn't come up with anybody. Yeah. Maybe somebody beats them one game, but I don't see that that team's good enough to win, uh, you know, enough games to hold them off. Yeah, like I could see A and M maybe beats them in College Station. I could see that. Yeah, but Auburn could get them to, in the to, rivalry game. They could, they could. You know, I mean, there's good teams in the West. A and M, LSU, and Auburn are good teams. But I don't, I just can't talk myself into any of them actually winning the division. And you know, old old Miss, Arkansas. I don't think they're any good at all. Um, Mississippi State's going to be pretty good, but I don't think good enough to win the division. And they lost so much of those guys, so much talent on defense. Three, three, you know. First or second round picks, um, hard to replace that. Uh, and their quarterback, although he wasn't very good last year, but still tough to replace that. So I, I, I don't see them, you know, so it was like I tried to talk myself into somebody and I couldn't do it. And, and so, I mean, ultimately, I think maybe Alabama loses a game during the season, but 
I don't see them losing more than one, and that's probably enough to still win the division. I did not try to talk myself out of it. I I believed it. I still believe it, and I'm happy. It's, it's, it's foolhardy in some ways to, you know, believe in anything but Alabama winning that division and, and, you know, getting in the playoff because in the five years of the playoff, they've been in all five years. Now, they haven't won the division all five years, but they have been in the playoff all five. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it feels crazy to think that, but eventually there will come a time where they don't. Yeah. And, you know, could it be Steve Sarkeesian that helps bring down the dynasty? Would be the most surprising thing to me. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I have a spoiler for our NFL preview. Okay. I'm going to pick the Patriots to win the AFC East. <laughs> and I'm going to pick Alabama and I'm going to pick New England until there are consecutive years or coaching head coaching changes. That's fair. I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily – again, I'm not at all saying like, you know, well, you're, Alabama's going to be bad. I don't think they're going to be bad, but I just – like, David's saying all this about, oh, they found their edge again, and we realize what it means to be Alabama again. Maybe that's true. I just saw some I saw some warning signs at the end of last year. Title game, obviously, but before that, the SEC title game, the Auburn game, they weren't that impressive. Um, things just didn't seem great. And then, you know, bringing in all these new coaches, and I'm just I'm a little bit scared that, that – that this is going to not be as good as they are supposed to be. But we'll see. But I'm, all that said, I'm still picking them to win the West. And I'm with you on the East. I got Georgia as well. I don't think Florida's Florida's ready to contend with Georgia. Um, and nobody else in that division, I think, is, is really anywhere close. Kentucky's going to have a backslide. They mm. lost so much from that team last year. Uh, Can, and, that and Kentucky team was right. like the ASU team that won the Pac-12 South. And yes. I hope that their fans did what you advised me well, during that run, yeah. which is <laughs> yeah. enjoy yeah. this because yeah. it might yeah. not happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I there, I just don't see. I mean, I think they're probably good enough to make a bowl, but you know, you lose Josh Allen and Benny Snell; those were the heart of soul of the offense and defense. I don't see them, you know, winning ten games or anywhere close to it like they did last year. South Carolina's, you know, good but nothing special. Missouri. You know, I'm interested to see what Kelly Bryant does there, but they that even if they are good, they can't go anywhere unless they get their appeal, uh, you know, success because they're banned from postseason as it stands now. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's a, a two-team race, but probably more like a one-team race. I, I'm very high on Georgia, as I think you are too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I got, I got Alabama-Georgia. Another matchup in the Georgia Dome or the new Georgia Dome, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Who do you have winning it? Roll Tide, I got Bama. Okay, I'm going. I'm going the opposite. I think Georgia gets over the hump and beats them this year. Well, I again, I I may be wrong, but I, I'm willing to keep riding and dying on this Alabama team. That's all right. Um, I, get it. I I would be remiss if I did not say that I I briefly considered the Gators. Um, okay, but like you said, I think it's a, a year too early. But I, I do think that they are the best and only shot to beat Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, I should know, say to dethrone, to dethrone Georgia. In the East, I would say you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I, who's your – so do we both have Georgia and Alabama, obviously, if you had – so who's your team that 
probably New Year's Six, maybe more than one from the SEC. Who's your three, four, how, how, you know, where do you have those teams fitting in? Well, where do I, ha- you mean, where do I have them or who do I have in the next tier? Who behind do you have is like three, four, five in the SEC. Uh, I've got LSU, Florida, and Auburn in some okay. order. Um, okay. You know, I, I think that all of them will wind up ranked. Yeah. I think that on Alabama's regular season schedule, I, I am concerned about A&M, mm-hmm. but I'm more concerned about the rivalry game because as you and I Is talked about and I'm right? coming around on um, – when people look past Auburn, that's when Auburn yeah. has these monster years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Gus Malzahn special. When, when no one's giving them much credit, they end up you know, in, the, in the title game or in the playoff at the end of the year. Um, so that's where I am. What about you? I, I like Auburn, too. Um, I'm curious who the quarterback's going to be. It's going to be probably you know, true freshman or redshirt freshman. Um, but I, I like them. Um, I like A&M. I don't – their schedule's so tough. I mean, they play at Clemson, they play Alabama, and I think they play at Georgia in one of their cross-division games. So, you know, probably the preseason top three teams, they play them all. That's mm-hmm. really tough, and it might be too tough to overcome. And they, they obviously play LSU too because it's – you know, and that's at LSU because the game last year was, was at A&M, the eight-overtime game or whatever that was. Uh, so, I mean, it's just – it's a brutal schedule. But I think they're going to be pretty good. And I think next year at this time, things continue on the path. A&M might be the team that, you know, is in position to win the West. But not quite this year. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the playoffs. Okay. I've only got one SEC team making it. Okay. And that is my number three national seed, Alabama. Wow. So you must have Alabama losing a game. At some point during the season. I do. There's a reason why I keep saying I'm more worried about that Auburn game. Okay. Okay. I I think that they will drop one but not lose the division and then win the conference title and then be let in. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So, okay, so you've got just Alabama, no Georgia. I'm surprised what you were saying about DeAndre Swift. I thought you were going to have Georgia in as well. I I considered it, and that's why I asked you, well, what do you mean by – you know, three, four, five, because I was like, well, I only have one in. So I have Georgia going to outside of the top two that you picked. Yeah. So I I have Georgia going to one of the, uh, other bowl games. I think they'll be just, yeah. And I think they'll be just outside. And and I think it'll be, uh, the thing people yell and scream about. Okay. Uh, But I think that's good enough to get them in. I have Alabama playing the national two seed, the Michigan Wolverines. Okay. Uh, And then I've got Clemson, number one overall. All right. And Oklahoma as my four. Okay. Um, Okay, well, you're going to give me your your game to game, or you want me to give you my four first? Why don't you give me your four and then, okay. I, and I, and then I want to talk about it. Maybe you have a Pac-12 team in. I want to talk briefly about no Pac-12 team getting in. Okay. Yeah. You know. Okay. I do not have a Pac-12 team in. Um, I have. I believe you had Clemson number one. Yeah. Right. I have the same. Um, my number two is Georgia. 
based on winning the SEC. My number three is Michigan. So I've got Georgia facing Michigan out here in the in the desert because Clemson will be in the Peach Bowl. Uh, and the number four, and the people will scream about it, Alabama. Because mm. they'll lose the SEC title game but still get in. Interesting. And we get Alabama-Clemson uh, for like yes. the 107th time yep. in a row, I think? We get it in the semifinals instead of the final because the playoff committee will, A, not want to have Georgia-Alabama play again right away. They play in the final, okay, can't do anything about that. But also, they're going to want to avoid another Clemson-Alabama final. Yeah, I think that's right. Because it's obviously ranked based on uh, how they feel about the teams and and that and doesn't consider ever the outside influences. I absolutely don't think we'll ever see a situation like, you know, in this format where we see an immediate rematch of a conference title game. Like, you know, last year, everyone was, oh, Georgia's going to, Georgia could get in. And maybe they had an argument, but with Alabama being the one, George was either going to be the three or not in at all. Because if you have an immediate rematch, what you're basically saying is the conference title game meant absolutely nothing. Let's just play it again. And the yeah. conferences don't want that. So that leaves me to now tell you that I have my top two seeds advancing and Clemson okay. taking on Michigan in the title game. Okay, okay. Well, I have my top two advancing as well. I have Clemson beating Alabama and Georgia beating Michigan. So we have Clemson, both. I have Georgia. You have Michigan. Mm-hmm. I have champ first. I have the Michigan Wolverines taking okay. home the title. Look at you. You are all in on Michigan. I, I, and I, I, I believe that this is the year that they have – brought in the people they need in the coaching staff, that okay. they have, you know, a quarterback who's been in the system long enough yeah. that they should do it. And, right. and if it's not this year, well, egg on my face. But <laughs> Well, I was, I was in on – I didn't pick him to win the title last year, but, you know, I, I was very in on them. I had him in the playoff. I had Patterson winning the Heisman. They got close to the playoff. Uh, they were, you know, they were real close, but fell apart in that last game. Um, but I, I, I like it. I certainly would not be upset if that was the outcome. I am going to go with the number one seat also losing and the Georgia Bulldogs winning the national championship. Well, that's exciting. A, a non-Clemson, non-Alabama title. Yeah, we're both uh, sort of kind of going outside the box. I mean, we're not, you know, neither one of us is going crazy and picking, you know, uh, Purdue to win the national title or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the safe bets are Alabama and Clemson. Certainly, if someone said, you know, you got to put down, uh, you know, a thousand dollars of your own money on two teams, I would put it down on those two. But we're not putting down any money, and I and, and I just I think Georgia is has been so close the last two years, and they've recruited extremely well. And Jake Fromm's in his third year as a starter, and it's finally just his job. There's no Jacob Eason. There's no Justin Fields. It is it is his show. Um, and they have great running backs led by your guy, Swift, uh, but, you know, a stable of guys behind him. Um, and, you know, so I just I, – and defense should be better than last year. Good O-line. a lot of guys. They got a good Very O-line. Very good O-line. Yeah, yeah. You know, defense, they, they weren't that great defensively last year because they lost a lot from that year before, but now they should have more returners back. And, again, just, they've just recruited extremely well. So it's a situation where it's like they, they should have tons of talent no matter where it is. 
So I, I think this is this is the year they end the drought. First one since I believe 1981, and get another national championship. As far as the Pac-12 goes, yeah, I have Oregon winning it. Me too. Did you consider Oregon being in the top four when the season was over? I did, I did, but uh, I, mean, I did not. Ultimately, <laughs> I mean, it was just it was tough for me. I considered them. But it was tough for me to get past the fact that I think an SEC champ, a, a Clemson in the ACC, as we talked about, you know, basically we don't think ACC, we think Clemson, and a Big Ten champ, you know, that feels like three spots right there. So now I'm looking at, okay, do I have a second team from one of those conferences, it being Big Ten, SEC, do I have Big 12? And then I got to the Pac-12. So it, it's one of those where, like, my pecking order, just I have a hard time finding my way to get them in the top four. Yeah, I I was similar. I you know, it was easy for me to tell you that I had Georgia right behind. I you know, yeah. Oregon. If any Pac-12 winner, top fifteen school, maybe no no guarantee they'll be higher than that for me. Probably not. I mean, I I would say top ten because even last year didn't didn't Washington creep into the top 10 of the final ranking when they won the Pac-12s? Yeah. Uh, or they were like, maybe they were 11 and 12 or something like that. I don't I don't remember exactly. But, I mean, uh, I think Oregon beats Auburn to start the year. And I think there'll be a lot of fanfare about that. But I think the, just the conference toll will, will, you know, be too much. I think they'll lose a couple games. Uh, you know, I'd say they go 10 and 2, 11 and 2 with the conference title game. Um but I don't think that's anywhere near good enough. I, I mean, I'm not even sure a one-loss Pac-12 team can get in. But a two-loss, I don't think there's any shot. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's what's going to happen. You don't even have to bother yep. watching the games. We've, yep. we've yep. now no, told you a- everything that's going to happen. We'll see that's you right. in uh, early February to talk about uh, you know next season and spring That's ball. right. And I'll tell you, if, if you know both of us have a little bit right, Georgia fans will be really happy. Yeah, a trophy winner and a national championship. We'll be uh, making statues of Kirby Smart if that happens. <laughs> um, we have some NFL stuff to get to the next couple weeks, and then we'll be yes, there we for the ASU preview. Um, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. I hope you listened all the way to the end. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. <laughs>